Alright creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker episode 130 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is my wedding date to the ceremony of Teddy Long and Crystal Marshall, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, tonight we are talking about Cyber Sunday 2007, The Undertaker versus Batista. And the fans are voting to see who the special guest referee is going to be. It's perfect timing. Now, we just have this great timing on our show so many times. But we're just coming off the Iowa caucuses. This election season is really kicking off. And Travis, I think we've got our very own rigged election right here in this match. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure about this voting. Uh, this voting, they tried. They tried real hard to, <laughs> to rig this, but I think it's is what it is. But yeah, we'll see. Dude, is, did you ever vote for these things? Absolutely. Not for this yeah, one. I don't, but we weren't I watching. don't know. Well, yeah, but I can't remember voting for any of these online back then. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I wouldn't have. But yeah, this one, obviously, we didn't. As we covered last week, we weren't watching. So this is all going to be new to us to cover, which is kind of cool. Uh, kind of a first here on Talking Taker, honestly, as far as having no familiarity with, you know, uh, seeing this stuff. So that'd be kind of fun to cover this. Yeah, you know, you were still on that little Nokia phone for a long mm -hmm. time. You did, so you snake. Yeah, you weren't doing <laughs> you weren't doing any text voting on that thing. No. But uh, yeah, I voted for some of these. I voted for the divas contest, costume contests, and you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll cover that when we get there. <laughs> I was definitely registered to vote for that. <laughs> were you registered to vote in the uh, election the next year? Oh, maybe no, not. No, who cares about that? No. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if Elizabeth Warren would put on this uh, the costume <laughs> that Mickey it, James had. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Think about it. Come on. All right. Anyway, we're talking Cyber Sunday 2007 here on the show. Going through every match in The Undertaker's career. We got so much stuff to get to. We got a lot of fun stuff after we finish the match as well. Uh, we're going to try to. Uh, liven up the mood after last week's episode. We talked about the tragedy of Chris Benoit, told some very personal, emotional stories on the show. Uh, I, I was close to crying on the show. Uh, you know, it was just very, very emotional moment here. So we're going to try to liven things up, even though, Travis, we're, we're talking about something on this next episode of SmackDown that we get to possibly even more tragic, dude. We're talking about... The heart attack of Teddy Long. I mean, from one <laughs> devastating moment to another. Oh man, yeah, this is um, this is something. So this is SmackDown, September twenty first, oh seven, and yeah, man, is this in Atlanta? I think it this is. This did take place in Atlanta, Georgia, and like we talked about on last week, you know, we left off uh, with. Unforgiven 2007 with The Undertaker coming back from missing that entire summer due to a bicep injury. He laid oh, out. He was at the beach. Uh, <laughs> he was at the beach. Also. He probably spent some time at the beach. He looked pretty With damn. the sand on the ground. He was all tan. That's yeah. true. That was just a beach, not a desert he was in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bash at the Beach, whatever it was, Undertaker <laughs> destroyed Mark Henry on that night. Uh, but we also covered, the, like we said, the 
uh, Chris Benoit, Nancy Benoit, Daniel Benoit, murder, suicide, all of that um, awfulness and dug up our past and talked about how we left that moment not wanting to be wrestling fans anymore. And we uh, didn't watch wrestling for nearly a year after that. Uh, so we haven't seen any of this stuff. So that's why we weren't at Phillips Arena for the wedding yeah. of Teddy and Crystal. Otherwise, they would have been front row seats. <laughs> I'd have my RSVP in there. Dude, Dang. everyone is there. The Yin Yang twins host the show <laughs> holla, holla. with Maria. <laughs> I mean, talk about the blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even remember, like, what they did, man. Weren't they like, the uh, the whistle song? Or was that somebody else? Or the whistle? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. know, man. I don't know what they sang, <laughs> but we'll throw it on the end of this podcast. <laughs> oh, were they whistle while you? Yeah, I don't know what they were. While you twerk? Uh, yeah. yeah. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. They're killing me on this episode, man. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, this um episode opens with the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Batista, cutting a promo telling us that, uh, un- well, unfortunately, uh, Greg Khali has enacted his rematch clause. Um, and so they're going to face each other at No Mercy in a Punjabi prison match, the second ever. This one will actually feature... The Punjab, the man from Punjab himself, though. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, only took a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Mark Henry comes out and interrupts and says that he's facing Taker next week in a rematch, but he wants to tune up tonight. Um, and they're going to wrestle in the main event. It's a DQ when Kali comes out and causes DQ. Wait a minute! I said that was the main event. I apologize. The Come main on. event was actually a forty-minute wedding from Teddy and Crystal, and I'll let you cover it right here because. True transparency, I skipped it. <laughs> Look, all right. I, mean, I love Teddy. I hate Crystal. You know, I'm going to give you a pass because we watch all this crap every week. But everyone else out there, find the time. Find the 30 minutes you need to watch this. Like, we weren't watching back then. Maybe a lot of you saw this back in the day. But I'd never seen this whole wedding segment. And, dude, it is fan-freaking-test. It is great sports entertainment. A whole right. roster comes out. Everybody's in character. Uh, Vince McMahon and Hornswoggle are sitting front row. Hornswoggle gets some phone books that he can sit on to watch the festivities. Teddy's got Butch Reed and Ron Simmons in his <laughs> wedding party. Bruce Bruce is the pastor officiating uh, yes. the ceremony. Our close personal friend of the podcast, the Godfather, comes out and tries to offer up some ladies to everyone. And Crystal yells at Ron Simmons, and Ron Simmons gives us a, uh, well. Ron Simmons! Put your hand down, man. Damn! Yeah. His one line. And then. The uh, the ladies of the night just walk out with everyone else on the roster except for <laughs> Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. Like, Gerald Briscoe's trying to leave, and Pat just like drags pulls him back. Him back. <laughs> just incredible. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, and then you know the one person who wasn't there, Travis. The one person who wasn't at the wedding was Teddy's best friend, the Undertaker, and I think that's why. I think that's what caused his broken heart and his heart attack here. As just before he's about to say, I do, he collapses and just 
the most ridiculous pratfall ever. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> that he's not the best actor. <laughs> no. He just drops dead to this heart attack and SmackDown <laughs> goes off the air. Uh, and that is going to lead to uh, next week's episode of SmackDown where Vicky Guerrero, uh, this is September 28th, 2007. Uh, we mentioned her, that she uh, Teddy had hired her as his like apprentice or vice GM or whatever a few weeks Padawan. ago. His Padawan. <laughs> Now Vince McMahon is going to let her take over as the general manager of SmackDown. And that's going to play a big part uh, over the next few weeks on our show here. Um, and then, you know, the, this, and she was not the Vicky Guerrero that we would all come to know and, and beloved and, and hate and get the most right. heat of any person in the history Ever. of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not quite so much at this point. She's actually still a baby face at this point. <laughs> Oh man! Um, yeah, this is this is pre excuse me. Yes, very it's much before so. all the excuse me. Um, we like we like you mentioned Undertaker and Mark Henry is going to be the main event, and they hype that up again. They do a great job of doing this during this time of making uh, Undertaker's appearances on SmackDown to be a big deal. Uh, so they show those a lot of those same vignettes that we saw in the build to Unforgiven. They recycle those. And then Mark Henry comes out, gets his entrance, and Undertaker recycles his uh, uh, flaming, uh, uh, not crosses, that he uses (laughs) to intimidate Mark Henry in extremely questionable fashion. Uh, what lowercase t? <laughs> yeah. What was that horrible South Park episode? Yeah. Lowercase t for oh, time to leave. Man. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. He's telling Mark Henry it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. And he sends him packing in about three minutes here, dude. This is literally, literally yeah. just a squash match. Um, and I guess maybe it's punishment for the uh, terrible match that they had at Unforgiven. But Undertaker just dominates yeah. Mark Henry here. Pins him with a choke slam, and commentary puts over how dominant Undertaker is looking as he is looking to reclaim his spot at the top of the card. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, they're really building him up for what's going to come next. And I want to just pump the brakes real quick and go back to the end of that, um, the end of that wedding. So, do you think Vince was just determined in 2007 to have someone go off, have one of his shows go off the air with someone dead in storyline? Absolutely. Like either himself or Teddy. <laughs> someone's going to die on screen and we're going to go with it. Someone's going to so. die on his watch that he's in <laughs> right, control of. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like he's, he's Vince McMahon. Dang it. Like he's going to make sure he does what he wants. But anyway. Yeah, that I is kind of crazy that. Yeah. What? Three months after just this yeah. terrible death that they. Tease you with a death yeah. on TV, like wow, that's kind of yeah. not kind of questionable. Yeah, it is what it is. I wouldn't expect anything less. No, nope, so, not at all. Or more, actually. It's about far from the course. Well, the next week of SmackDown is just a recap of Taker's return from last week. We get the same little desert vignettes, and we just see him squashing Mark Henry. And then just to set things up for where we're headed, we got you know MVP and Matt Hardy, who um I had this little I guess rivalry little one-upsmanship tag team it's kind of it's kind of fun it is, um but yeah. they're tag team champs i believe at this point but anyway long story short vicky guerrero winds up making matt hardy versus taker uh for next week and uh i'm sorry for that night no i'm sorry she she goes to make that and then 
they start egging each other on, and it winds up being MVP and Matt Hardy versus the Brothers of Destruction. So that's what we're going to get next week. So the Brothers are going to tag again for the first time in quite a while. And um, we'll get that in just a second. But at No Mercy, so Taker misses No Mercy and two days after this. He's not on the show. But Batista successfully defends his World Heavyweight title against Kali in that Punjabi prison, for those of you who keep the score. Just wanted to set that up because where we're headed. Yeah, Undertaker uses some PTO, uh, misses the No Mercy show, uh, but he's going to come back strong on this episode of SmackDown on October 12th, 2007. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, the tag team champions, MVP and Matt Hardy, uh, are going to face the Brothers of Destruction tonight, uh, and it's cool, like you like you talked about, they... Uh, it's cool because MVP is a heel and Matt Hardy's a babyface, but they kind of have this yeah. un- uneasy sort of friendship where they're trying to one up each other. They don't quite like each other, but somehow they've got the tag titles and they both want to keep the titles. Uh, it's cool. I-, I like stuff like that where it's kind of oh, yeah, blurred lines it. a little bit. And you can see it when they come out. Like Hardy gets huge, gets huge cheers, and MVP gets booed out of the building. It's great. It's fun to see them hear the crowd reactions. So that's a big match that we've got. And we're also going to get Rey Mysterio and Finley in a number one contenders match. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, man. WWE Saturday Night Classic right there. Give it to me. <laughs> Ten years later. Yeah, put it on TV now. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a pretty interesting debut on this episode of SmackDown. And again, pretty timely here. As mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, the future chosen one, the future Royal Rumble winner, the future WrestleMania main eventer, the future Undertaker opponent that we'll cover Mm -hmm. in the uh, distant future on this show, makes his SmackDown debut against Brett Major, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. So two guys still on the roster here. Yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Uh, It's pretty cool. Uh, This is... Uh, Drew McIntyre is going to be around for a few weeks, and then he's yeah. going to kind of dip out and then re-debut a little bit later on and get that big hype from Vince McMahon as the chosen one, as the future of the WWE. Uh, how did you compare it in your notes? Oh, I just put, it's kind of like when a restaurant opens and does like the soft open and mm-hmm. just for like the local, you know, the locals or, um, you know, friends and family, and then eventually they have their big open it's, or um, – you know, like if a TV show's ending, they do like a backdoor pilot on like the next to last episode or something. So just reminded me of that because at the time I was watching this, uh, Arrow had just done that. So Arrow yeah. had introduced the next season, basically, and this is a backdoor pilot. So, but yeah, it just reminded me of the soft open. So it's like, here's Drew McIntyre for a couple weeks and then he's gone again and then he's come back. So it was kind of funny. So, How, how'd you feel about the Arrow finale? Oh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, really well done. So. Uh, it's kind of hard to have a finale when you're uh, spoiler alert your hero has already been dead for three episodes so yeah <laughs> I didn't realize that <clears throat> yeah he'd been dead already so he died in the crisis crossover so wow twice he died twice in that crossover so I yeah. did three episodes without him uh, yeah interesting yeah oh, okay. yep. well moving basically on. <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> Uh, MVP is talking on his flip phone backstage and uh, talking about his match and Matt Hardy comes and interrupts him and uh, MVP is trying to tell Matt Hardy how it's going to be tonight, how he's going to be the captain and Matt Hardy's like, dude, I've faced them plenty of times before, which <laughs> we covered some great matches on the show. Oh yeah. And MVP's like, been down this road before, okay? I've faced the Brothers of Destruction. Look, I, I've been in the ring with Undertaker and Kane. I know how to handle this situation. Listen, so Kane set me on fire, man. Okay? So I know what I look. look. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was a nice segment. Yeah. 
And this was a nice long match, dude. Really good TV mm-hmm. match. Another one of those deals where all four of these guys get really long entrances that eat up a lot of time. But uh, oh, yeah. it still is a really uh, solid match. Um, MVP and Matt Hardy are playing their parts really well. They're just kind of in awe of Undertaker and Kane and just kind of like, oh, crap, man, didn't want to yeah. do this here. Um, ends up with Undertaker laying out MVP with a tombstone uh, to pick up the win here in a non-title match. Uh, it's kind of weird that the champs uh, lose to a team that hasn't tagged in over a year, but right. it's also Undertaker and Kane, and they did give yeah. them a lot of offense here tonight, too. So they, they were able to keep – it wasn't a squash like Mark Henry a couple weeks ago. Right. And, Very uh, true. <laughs> JBL, interestingly, on commentary says that Undertaker has never looked better in his 15 years in the WWE, <laughs> which means he's discounting him a little bit. He is, man. That's like, I just thought about, like, he must uh, he must work for HR now, JBL, because oh, he's, yeah? count- he's counting against him as his paid time off. So he's like, <laughs> you've been here 17 years, but we're going to count it as 15 because your PTO you've taken. I can every, see that. Every spring and every fall. So, yeah, I think JBL, that's what happens. So. He's kind of a stickler, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's calling corporate now, so. Well, someone yeah. need to call corporate about what happens in this main event, because I, <laughs> if I was Finley or Rey Mysterio, I would be contacting HR immediately, because they're about to get screwed here. They have their number one contenders match. Uh, Batista's on commentary, and they end up going to a double disqualification here. Um, they shove the referee, Mickey J, uh, get the shillelagh out, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff goes down. So the announcers are like, well, what happened? Like, how, how do we have a number one contender? So all of a sudden, lights go out, the gong hits, lights come back on, and The Undertaker is just standing in the ring. Finley and Rey Mysterio are all laid out. We didn't see what happened to him, but Undertaker is standing tall. And Batista, like, throws a fit. He throws his headset down and looks up an Undertaker. And Undertaker does the old discount double check, belt yep. signal. Uh, no words said. And again, we go off the air with a bit of a cliffhanger here. We have no idea what's going on. Uh, but Batista is staring at Undertaker while the two guys he was supposed to face are totally laid out. <laughs> yeah. And, like, in typical wrestling, you'd say, oh, double DQ, we're going to do a triple threat. Right? You got Finley, Ray, and Batista. Nope. Instead, because you're the Undertaker, you just get to usurp that and just go, jump right to the top of the line. Which, again, no problem with me as far as the Taker fan, but like following the logic of it, it doesn't make any sense. So, but whatever. Because the next week was SmackDown on October 19th, and we're in the UK. Uh, how would well, you how know that, you though? <laughs> Well, you got your double-decker bus and the phone booth oh, again. how original. So, yeah. I tell you what, dude. They're getting some some, some use out of those props, man. Yes. Their return on that investment is, is you know, far exceeded. Their, you know, the returns far exceed the investment. So Give I'd them say. that. Yeah. Plus those taker vignettes in the sand. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. They show those all the time. So. And but. the flaming cross. I mean, uh, similar. <laughs> yeah, those two. Yeah. Well... This show opens with a, a recap um, of last week's match, like we said, the NNDQ. And JBL tells us that apparently on WWE.com on Saturday that um, it was announced that The Undertaker is now the number one contender. So um, he's going to face Batista at Cyber Sunday with the fans voting on a special referee between JBL, Mick Foley, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, so, what? <laughs> yeah. So, Where does any of that come from? <laughs> 
exactly. It should be Rey Mysterio or Finley should be the like referees. You know what I'm saying? If they're going to get put in it. I'm, I didn't even think of that until you just said that. That should have been the voting. Was right. You vote on who Batista faces, Finley, Mysterio, or Undertaker. Like, or that. Yeah. That <laughs> makes the most sense out of what we just saw Because people are going to choose Taker anyway. They would have chose so, Taker yeah. anyway. Right. Yeah. But that would have been cool. Why, would, why not? And you could still have – you said the ref's going to be Stone Cold anyway because that's what's going to happen. You know that. So <laughs> it's a foregone – why did we book this crap? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> we, booked, we booked the Royal Rumble a couple weeks ago though because you, you picked Drew McIntyre and it I did. picked Santina. And they, <laughs> they both. We're spot on. Oh, yeah, man. They were listening to us. Tell you what. Santina eliminating herself was the greatest thing. Oh, seen yeah. until Drew uh, won. So Some people <laughs> hated on his own mind, but uh, I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> that was sports entertainment at its finest. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, what? How much more sense would it have made to just say, "Oh, okay, we're gonna put these three. Yeah, Finley, Ray, and Taker. You vote, <clears throat> Taker, and then the rest gonna be <laughs> Stone Cold. Like that would have made so much yeah. more sense. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't make whatever. But um, we're gonna see highlights throughout the show of this Batista and Taker feud again there. Um, just really putting it putting it up there because again, I guess it got put on pause, you know, back in the spring when right. Taker got injured. So it, it, I, I am glad they're revisiting it, but what a strange turn to take to revisit it. I don't know, but anyway, but JBL is out in the ring interviewing Batista, and he says that at Cyber Sunday, you know, Batista gonna fight Taker, and the fans get to choose the raft or whatever, and puts himself over, really getting really good heat from the UK crowd, and that's kind of going to be the story of. Uh, Part of the story of this match is JBL trying to get himself voted as the referee. So, uh, Batista's going to come out, and JBL says that you know he's leading the voting. He has his special like reporters giving him all the you know all the scoop on the votes and stuff. And um, he says you know, Batista's like you know whoever the ref is, they're going to stay out of my way, you know, no matter what. And JBL's like you know if I'm in there, I'm going to call it right down the middle, and. Uh, the problem's not going to be with me. It's going to be with, with you yourself, Batista. And he says, because you have never even beaten The Undertaker. Um, he starts, this is where he talks about, I think so, his book or whatever. Yeah, he's got a copy yeah, of Batista's got, new biography. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, He's got Batista's biography. What's it called? Animal Unleashed or something like that? Batista. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't read it. Sure. No, me neither. So, And it's weird. He's like still an active wrestler. I don't know. He's only been wrestling for like yeah, five years. And those are never an, as good. No. Uh, those people had those, like, yeah, when, they, yeah, when they're still wrestling, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, yeah, he, that's right. He's got a copy of it. He's like, you know, you say in your book here that, um, you know, that your matches with Taker were great, but, you know, you never beat him or whatever. And um, Gabriel's kind of poking at him still some more and saying you can never beat Taker. And Batista says, you know, I'm not afraid. And, of course, JBL uses that C word that only wrestlers use and calls him oh. a... Coward! Coward. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You scared me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, time to cancel the cancel the show if I drop that one? So, yeah. Calls him the c-word, coward, and Batista just has had enough, and he turns around and just spears him, uh, which is great. So I do love that. So um, no, it was good. It was good. Not yeah, I, not as good as what's about to happen, though. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I need you to talk about. Um, our boy, Chucky P, who's come back from the dead. Oh. We, we did not see this because we weren't watching. No, nah, dude. Chuck Palumbo has 
come back from the dead and he's brought with him the Undertaker's old gimmick because now he's the uh, he's, <laughs> he's the Italian American BA riding out on his, on his motorcycle. <laughs> and who's he having tow? Well, we you know Michelle McCool she must have a type because she's stro- riding uh, riding on the back of Chuck Palumbo's bike, dude, and I think. You know, we talk about all the things that Undertaker's responsible for. I think Chuck Palumbo's responsible for <laughs> Michelle McCool hooking up with Undertaker. I'm fine with that. Like, she saw this guy and she was like, hmm, I like this, but maybe something better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, one step up above that. But, yeah, dude, it was great to see Chucky P back on my screen. I love that guy. He's, it was good. Short-lived, but good. Yeah, he's excellent, man. Well, um... Backstage. This is this is our MVP for the episode coming up. This oh guy. yeah, oh yeah, this guy. So we have Vicky Guerrero backstage, and she's on the phone sending flowers to Teddy Long in the in the uh, hospital or medical facility, excuse me. And uh, but Jamie Noble is there, and he is not happy that she forced him into a tag match against the co- great Kali last week. So um, I guess he's you know his little storyline is he's kind of the small guy he's getting put in these matches with these big guys. So. Anyway, he apologizes and says, you know, I'm sorry for whatever I've done, you know, and um, he kind of backhanded, uh, you know, apologizes, saying that, you know, I'm sorry that you're making irrational decisions because you're, you're hormonal and you're a woman, and he's just, like, bashing her, but, you know, passive-aggressively kind of, so and it's, it's great. Jamie Noble doing it, like, right. in his Jamie Noble like, voice. Yeah, <laughs> in, his, in his West Virginia voice. So it's great, man, and he's like, you know, I'm – I'll do whatever I can to make this show better. And um, she says, you know, I do need someone to, to have a match tonight against The Undertaker. And he is just goes, I can't even mimic it. He goes full blast West Virginia, turned to 11, and he is just beside himself. You'll be in a match tonight. Nikki, I'm not physically ready. And I mean, who, who, who would you even put me in a match with? The Undertaker. Oh, no. Tonight, Jimmy. The Undertaker. His reaction is amazing here. He just he cannot believe that he's about to have a match with Taker. And he is it's golden, man. It was so good. I could <laughs> just so die and watch this. I I rewound it, just listen to him go nuts again. It was great. So um well as you guys might imagine, Taker versus Noble ends in um like I think it's like a minute and eight seconds or something when Taker tombstones him and, and pins him. But um and he actually looks like he's about to cry as he's waiting there for Taker to come out. So it's just kind of he's he's really good at like doing what he's supposed to do. So it's great. But this you know, this match <laughs> wasn't there for anything but making the crowd happy. And uh, Taker does the little you know the belt check thing around his waist as he leaves. So Jamie Noble's good at taking a choke slam too. I mean, oh this, yeah, this is like a throwback to some of those like, Xbox stuff. Xbox, uh, who uh, uh, Nunzio, that sort yeah. of stuff, man. I, I, <laughs> It's like it's like you wrestling with your son. That's what yeah, this looks it's like. Yeah, like me throwing <laughs> Carson around. Yeah, downstairs. Yeah, it's uh, great. I was only sad we didn't get a last ride, just like him. Like, I know, hoisting him into the ceiling all the way. I was that was weird, man. I don't know why he didn't do that, but yeah, it was great, man. And yeah, Jamie Noble is uh, 
He's great. He's awesome. Oh, and we're going to double down on it next week. Yes, too. yes. So that brings us to the Go Home Show here, getting into Cyber Sunday 2007. And, you know, like we've kind of been saying, not too much of a storyline going on here. It's just kind of there. But someone you or I have never in our lives seen before interviews Batista here. I mean, this chick must have lasted this episode of SmackDown. I don't know if she ever had another appearance. Dude, I think she's on the pay-per-view, and I don't, I don't know if we ever see her again. That's it. But like, I literally had no idea, and I'm glad you didn't know either because I, I felt stupid. I was like, who is this woman? I have no idea who she is. No. Is her name like Anastasia or something like that? Sure. I don't know. I really don't know. Fantasia, whoever she is. She talks to Batista. Um, Somehow, though, she's better than Crystal Marshall, but (laughs) uh, she replays Batista's stuff with JBL from last week, and Batista says JBL got exactly what he deserved, and he reiterates that he, whoever the referee ends up being for their match, he wants them to stay out of his way. And this random woman asks if Batista is afraid of The Undertaker. And Batista kind of gets a little frustrated and says, okay, it, it may be true that I've never defeated The Undertaker. I'm not afraid of him. And there's a first time for everything. So mm-hmm. that's the big storyline uh, going into this, if there is one, is just that Undertaker right. has always beaten Batista. Batista's never gotten that win over him. So that's what's going on there. Uh, on the referee side of things, JBL has got like the whole announce table decked out in this vote for JBL poster. It's <laughs> great. He's got a bucket of vote for JBL pins <laughs> on the announce table. I'd love to have one of those. Uh, me too. That's great. Uh, JBL. You know Bruce Pritchard. Oh yeah, probably. Um, JBL shows a campaign commercial at one point <laughs> for being a referee. Uh, we also see some stuff promoting Foley and Austin, but JBL stuff is like from 05, that sort of JBL yeah. stuff. It's probably recycled from that, but and it's it's really funny. Backstage, like we said, J- uh, Jamie Noble is going to continue to be our MVP for this episode. <laughs> He's trying to make nice with Vicky Guerrero again. He says Vicky must have misunderstood him last week, and he offers to relieve some of Vicky's tension with a little massage, a little foreplay, and Vicky (laughs) not having it. She proposes a match instead for Jamie Noble tonight, and Jamie assumes that she means a Vicky versus Jamie bedroom pillow fight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at a match. Vicky Guerrero versus Jamie Noble. Bedroom pillow match. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it, man. I'll watch it. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Not what Vicky had in mind, though. She instead has a Jamie Noble versus Batista match in mind. And if you thought Jamie Noble's fit last week was something, he <laughs> t- multiplies it times 100 yeah. here. He cries about Vicky violating his body <laughs> by putting him in this match. <laughs> It's I so mean, good. I couldn't care less about Undertaker and Batista. I just want more Jamie Noble at this point. <laughs> it's awesome, man. He's so funny. He's so funny. Um, he, he's a guy. Let me just. He's a guy. He's so little, like, but he's a guy who gets the in-ring stuff and the sports entertainment. He's not on the level of an Eddie Guerrero, but like, we, we could talk about Chris Benoit's in-ring prowess all day. But Benoit definitely lacked the charisma. You know, he lacked the sports entertainment stuff. He tried. They had to put him with somebody, like Shane McMahon or whatever, to get that out of him. 
But if imagine if Jamie Noble was like six inches taller, you know, and like a little heavy, like he could have been something really, really. I really think so, man. He's he has all the entertainment stuff, and he can go in the ring, man. Like he was a Ring of Honor champion. Those guys were no joke. Like they really all about the the sports rather than the entertainment in Ring of Honor. So it's good stuff, man. I just want to put him over. Like legit, big fan of his ever since the Young Dragon days back in WCW. Yes, seriously, big fan. Jamie Son. Dude, even if he'd just been around now, like in NXT or AEW yeah. or something. Imagine that, like, yeah. You know, those those guys are not any bigger than, than Jamie. Right, Cole, no. You know, he was just no. a little bit, maybe five, ten years ahead of his time. And mm-hmm. Could have had a, a much greater career. But, man, everything he did, he did with... Uh, went all in on like the past yeah. few weeks before this he's been trapping hornswoggle in leprechaun traps yeah. like he's been <laughs> feuding with the hornswoggle <laughs> and he just he's rolling with it yeah so once again he's just very upset about having to get in the ring with batista he's nearly crying over it and uh he does get in a couple shots uh, here at the beginning of the match, but he eats a spear and a spine buster and a Batista bomb in short order. So Batista picks up the win. Both these guys, uh, Batista and Undertaker, both destroy Jamie Noble on the way to the pay-per-view here. Yeah. And then Batista, he goes over to the announce table after the match is over, and he just starts screaming at JBL. JBL, who, <laughs> you know, poked and prodded at him last week, and JBL's just yelling in his face, and JBL is like pulls a Bobby Heenan here. He just turns and ignores JBL, just starts talking to Michael Cole about climate change, <laughs> about how it's oh, yeah. destroying the world. And uh, Batista screams at him and walks away. And then JBL turns around and is like, oh, Batista, I didn't see you there. Man, come on, I, I didn't realize he was trying to talk to me. <laughs> Bobby Heenan is the best way to put that. That's exactly a Bobby Heenan movement. It was awesome. It was fantastic. I was uh, laughing. It was great. Great heel stuff there. Uh, and then JBL returns for the main event. He gets in the ring, and he's going to interview The Undertaker, much like he interviewed Batista last week. Again, he shows that campaign video um, talking about how, uh, unlike Stone Cold Steve Austin, JBL never had to point a gun at his boss's head to get a title <laughs> shot. And unlike Mick Foley, JBL never had to jump off a roof of a house to get noticed. It's great stuff, man. It's a great like smear campaign, it like is. political thing. It's awesome. And JBL's it. perfect for it. Yeah. He does bomb everyone, hates oh, everyone hates him. Everyone hates him. Everyone hates him. I hated him because he said something ridiculously untrue again that I have to point out, have to nitpick here. He says that when he becomes the referee for this match... It will be the first time ever that someone will have participated in a world title match as a challenger, a champion, a commentator, and a referee. So, first of all, is that a great accomplishment? Like, <laughs> no. I, is it an accomplishment to be a referee? Right, I don't know. Match and a commentator? 
no. Okay, it's just a thing. Yeah. Also, massively untrue. Like, I didn't do any research, but just off the top of my head, I know Shawn Michaels has done that. I know Stone Cold Steve Austin has done that. Freaking Vince McMahon has done all four of those things before. Ken Shamrock's done those four things. No, probably. he was never the champion. Oh, I'm sorry, never the champion. I'm sorry, yeah. Bret Hart probably has. Bret Hart yeah. probably did too. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's dozens <laughs> of guys. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, that just got on my nerves. But maybe it was supposed to get on my nerves. I don't know. Uh, anyway, JBL, he's just amping all this up, trying to get as much heat as he can here. He brings out some jabronis, and they hand out these Vote for JBL t-shirts to the crowd. Uh, once again, where can I get one of those? <laughs> you know what? super rare. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet, there's, I bet there's like 16 of them left in the warehouse. Like, I would love one. I would love it. one of those. You know, they should have had uh, Eugene come out. With his gun. <laughs> Eugene's got a gun. <laughs> I do like your storyline from last week where Eugene just has a gun. <laughs> That's the storyline. That would have been the Attitude Eugene Era storyline. A, a gun. You know they would have done that. <laughs> Russo. You come, they come into this like production meeting and Vince has got Aerosmith <laughs> on the, the whiteboard it just says Eugene's got a gun. That's it. He just points at it, nods. That'd be awesome. New boom period right there. <laughs> the new new generation. <laughs> Eugene's got a gun. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no Eugene, but the Undertaker comes out, and JBL thankfully has saved a shirt to give him. Uh, <laughs> It's so heel. It is. So epic. I love it. And he tells Undertaker he's not asking him to put his shirt on. He's demanding that he puts this vote for JBL's shirt on. And Undertaker, you know, he starts to take his coat and his hat off, and JBL gets excited, but JBL doesn't realize that that means it's business time for the Undertaker. Uh, so JBL, He's telling Undertaker to put the shirt on. He won't do it. JBL says, look, I know Batista's never beaten you, but I've beaten you plenty of times before. And so Undertaker responds, goozles him, gives him a giant choke slam. And then Batista comes out. Uh, Undertaker like does that uh, head swivel, glares over his shoulder at Batista. Batista's screaming at him with his, uh, he's got the championship belt on as he walks into the ring. And he like tosses it down right between them, kind of dares Undertaker to cross the line. And Undertaker, he makes a little mistake here. He goes to grab the belt from off the ground and Batista comes running in with a spear. Uh, And Batista celebrates. He walks out of the ring. And Undertaker, he lays out for a good minute here and then eventually sits up and stares at Batista off uh, as the show goes off the air. And I'm pretty sure like this sit-up from Undertaker is one that gets used as a GIF online everywhere. It looks pretty familiar. I'm like, it's hard yeah. to pick out exactly which one that is, but I think this is the one uh, that I think you're right, gets yeah. used a lot. But anyway, you know, I mean, how do you feel about this build-up, man? Because it's like... It's all these Undertaker Batista matches that we've seen. The storylines have been pretty weak going into them, and this is mm-hmm. to me is more the same. It's the weakest of the three, I think. Even honestly, just because it was so rushed, and what a like you said like earlier, what a potential to let the fans vote on the opponent. Like I said, you know they're going to vote Taker, but anyway, um, yeah, that's my problem with 
these matches is not the matches it's the build-up you know it's just but again i'm already sold just seeing these two guys go i don't really need yeah. too much i guess which is i guess they're relying on that too you don't have too much to tell but you know when you got two baby faces um it is kind of hard to do that sometimes but um i mean i don't and, know and jbl's great but it's like he's not a wrestler at this he's point. not a wrestler you know he's not gonna win no matter right. what they're doing with it, if Stone Cold is in the voting, Stone right. Cold yeah. is yeah. gonna win. And Stone Cold and Mick Foley are not around at all. For any, it's just like three random dudes shoehorned yeah. as the referee for no particular reason. Right, just to get the fans to interact. So that's all it is. So, yeah, if it'd been different if there was an Austin and Foley were campaigning for that spot and they had a little, you know, an in-ring promo with JBL or. The dead man had just their sales pitch to take her, the sales pitch to Batista, or whatever, like, or the fans try to get in the vote. Like, that would have been unique, but yeah, like I said, it's just a one man show. JBL, and he does a good job, but like, it's a foregone conclusion. You know, he's not winning. You know, he's probably going to get the least amount of votes, and we'll see. Survey <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah. Well, that takes us to Cyber Sunday, 2007, October 28th, 2007, from Batista's hometown. In yeah. Washington, D.C. at the Verizon Center. And, yep, neither one of us have ever seen this show before. But, you know, we were kind of talking at the beginning of the show. I like the Taboo Tuesday, Cyber Sunday mm-hmm. idea. Um, I'm kind of <clears throat> shocked they don't do it anymore. Like, you know, they I don't did understand. It. Yeah. They used they did it on Raw, like, a couple times. Most recently, I guess, I mean, but that was like five or six years ago. Oh, but yeah. With as much as they love social media and all that sort of stuff, like, that's just an easy episode of Raw to do. Like, it's great as you're going to amp up the social interaction. Like, why not? Yeah, it was, it was like probably, what, five or six years ago. Like, it was called Raw Active or Raw Interactive. It was yep. like the second screen experience. You could vote on there and vote for the matches to come. And that's how they voted. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane's tag team name, remember? No. They and in the book, <laughs> yeah. like in Kane's book, which I finished, he said that they were dead set on team friendship. They thought team friendship was gonna win. And it didn't. You know, the other team won and they was like, We can't put that name on like kids' toys and stuff. Like, we wanted team friendship. But yeah, that's what happens in you know, the fans vote. But yeah, why don't they do that anymore? And that was what, seven years ago? Six no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. So they could do they could do that stuff now. Like I said, it's just I don't know, but anyway, it nowadays feels like more the era they would use that. They were kind exactly. of ahead of the curve back then, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, another thing they don't do anymore is fat heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have a fat head, Travis? Uh, no, but this episode is brought to you by fat heads because <laughs> sure they are everywhere at this type of Tuesday. Oh man, no, I never had times, a fat head. Man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. One of these other episodes of SmackDown was brought to you by the movie Beowulf, a movie I completely blocked out of my existence. I saw that in theater. <laughs> no, you loved it. Yeah, I love Beowulf. The the story, the movie was not so much. Yeah. But yeah. Angelina just... Jolie was Grendel's mom or whatever. Yeah, that was weird. It cracked so. me up seeing it back on Beowulf. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my favorite thing, like on the sponsorships for these episodes, yeah. to see what movies these episodes of SmackDown are <laughs> sponsored by. Because there's oh, stuff yeah. like I haven't thought of in years. Yeah. Like yeah, it's Beowulf. never like it's never like the the number one movie of the oh. year. It's like the number the number <laughs> uh you know, fourteen it's movie like, of the year. Big Mama's House Two. <laughs> <laughs> Rollerball. <laughs> of course. Yes. <laughs> Oh. Oh, no. I just got so excited I yanked the microphone out of my ear. 
Well, oh, speaking of fat heads, like I said, Mick Foley is backstage <laughs> just standing between a fat head of Taker and a fat head of Batista. And he's rocking his classic Mick Foley homemade referee shirt. And he's interviewed by the nameless woman, uh, uh, Anastasia. Sure, Queen Anastasia uh, backstage. And uh, JBL interrupts him. JBL has once again got his JBL, vote for JBL poster on the desk. He's got a referee shirt on all night long. And uh, him and Mick Foley argue with each other. And Mick Foley gets in the line of the night. But you know, it's somewhat ironic being I'm uh, standing between representations uh, of fatheads of The Undertaker and Batista when truly the biggest fathead in the arena is you, JBL. <laughs> that was a classic dad joke. I loved it, man. That was classic Foley right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, loved it. But uh, I tell you what, though, man, he puts down JBL and asks the fans, you know, right here in Washington, D.C. to vote for him. And he gets kind of a mixed reaction because they're – no one's going to not vote for Stone Cold. Yeah. Like, what is, it's just, you can't do that. It's not fair to the other guys in the, in the thing, you know? But, um, after this, we, or, or later on, we have uh tool Grisham revealing the winner of what Jim Ross. And this is what I was saying earlier. He literally says this on air. This is the worst Halloween contest I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he says that on the air. <laughs> I think he might have had a few mules at, sitting at the table. <laughs> he's, he's, well, that's just the worst Halloween costume contest I've ever seen in my life, which I don't know. That's a shoot, that's, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say, that's the best. That's the best. I started to say best Britney, Britney Spears. It's the best Britney Spears impersonation I've ever seen. What you think? This might be the worst Halloween contest costume contest I've ever seen in my whole life. You gotta be kidding me. I think they look great. And look, you go to the hell are you watching? Are you going to WWE.com and see some great close-up shots of them? Here you go. You want to watch some of these? You want to start a fire? Will it make them look bigger? Yeah, I'll give them back. Oh, man. Maybe that's why you got drafted to SmackDown next year. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Mickey James won that. So, But, yeah, Michael Cole puts over the voting for the main event. Kelly Kelly was robbed. What was she dressed as? Uh, I the, forgot. The woman of my dreams. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, after that, we're going to see a long video recap for the uh, highlighting the Batista and Taker feud. It's a pretty lengthy video, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but you know, it goes back to the you know calls it like the beginning or something. It's WrestleMania, and then I forgot what they you know kind of subtitled the Backlash match, and then. We see the the steel cage match from SmackDown, and it's called a rivalry renewed. Um, I guess is where they're headed with this. So then we see Batista defeating Kali for the title a few weeks ago, and then this brief quote unquote feud that they've had the last few weeks. Right. And you know what, man? I I noticed when I was typing my notes, and I've almost bought into the uh, Vince. I've almost been I've almost drunk the Vince and Kool Aid because I almost called it a rivalry. I can't stand they call them that and they don't call them feuds anymore. That's like a word. Like you can talk to, or listen to interviews with guys, that, you know, the words not to say. They never say feud anymore. They always yeah. say rivalry. And uh, I almost wrote rivalry and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let him get in my brain. I'm going to call it a feud. So that's just my little, my little thing there. So. Well, this feud, the next chapter is about to be right here in the main event of the night. Uh, Tool Grisham is standing in front of the set. Uh, what you think of this set? I thought it was neat, man. Uh, you put in your notes, like it's like a almost like a iMac, basically. I guess like mm-hmm. an app. It's pretty neat. Pretty cool, man. I liked it. It was um unique to the the theme of the pay per view. 
Yeah, you can tell they put a lot of work into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of goofy, but it's I mean it works sure. for the pay per view. It's pretty neat visual there. Uh, he tells us about the votes tonight and tells us that they've had over thirteen million <laughs> no. votes received tonight. No way. No way. No way. There's no way. There weren't that many people watching during the Attitude Era. <laughs> 13 million. Well, you could probably vote more than once, you know. Oh, my goodness. 13 million votes. You've got to be kidding me. There's also 75 million people in the crowd tonight, too, apparently. Oh, gee. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Well, he's about to announce the winner of this vote. JBL, Stone Cold, or Mick Foley for the referee. But JBL interrupts him before he can finish talking and... He says there's no need to read the votes. He knows that these fans here tonight have put him in the main event yet again. Then we hear the car crash, and Mick Foley comes out, and the crowd goes mild, as you mentioned. There's not, I mean, sometimes Mick Foley's guilty of coming back a little bit too much. Too much, yeah. (laughs) Kind of waters it down here. And then Tool Grisham announces that the winner, with a whopping 79% of the vote, is Stone Cold Steve Austin, naturally. Yes. Uh, and so, as he says that, Mick Foley just starts beating up JBL <laughs> before Stone Cold uh, glass breaks. And he comes out in a t-shirt I have never seen before. Oh, my. This was real bad t-shirt. Like, it's... I thought the shirt was stupid. And the way he's like, he had cut the sleeves off, like, at an angle, though. Like, he was... It looked really bad. I don't know. I don't know if he was out of shape or what it was, but he uh, did not look good. He looked a little beefy. Yeah. <laughs> he had some he had some he had beefcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He downed he a few, few uh, Steve Weisers into that beefcase. <laughs> no doubt about it. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go back to last week and listen to about an hour and eight minutes in. You'll get that joke. But yeah, he's been pounding some putting some meat in the beefcase there and he's come out, but yeah, I tell you what, man, the crowd goes nuts for him because he's Austin and he's always going to be over. So, um, and he, he comes out and, uh, actually he hits a stunner on Foley. And then honestly, I was very surprised that JBL clotheslines. I mean, he takes a back bump Yeah. because I don't know that we'd seen him bump since like, Oh three. I mean, really, I didn't, not I'd seen much. him fall down, but not, and get like, you know, working punch or whatever like actually see him get hit by a clothesline and fall down i mean i don't remember seeing that yeah a long time brock lesnar gave him an f5 like Mm. before wrestlemania 20 i guess so yeah that's true something but i think you know not much since yeah you know really yeah yeah that was it's a big deal i hadn't done much since this either still yeah i mean almost never oh he does gets stutters nowadays right anyway but he um jbl wants a beat him up in the corner for just a few, you know, a few seconds. And then, but then of course, you know, Austin's going to stun him and then pose in the corners and go boot JBL again, then pose some more. And then, uh, that's going to eat up about 10, 13 minutes of this pay-per-view. So yeah, it's like, okay. Dude, I, you know, you go to the chapters on, on the WWE network and I clicked on this one and there's like 40 minutes of the pay-per-view left. And yeah. Like, I know. And then, <laughs> By the time this happens, and Undertaker makes his entrance, and Batista makes his entrance, <laughs> there's only I looked again, and there's 20 minutes left. Yeah, exactly. Like, Dang, this ate up a lot of time for nothing. Like, right? What does this have to do with anything? It's it's fine. It's it's Austin. Like, it's never 
not entertaining, but ultimately, it, what purpose does it serve? It, I, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of lame. It's house show stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's no we never got one Stone Cold promo in any of this. He doesn't cut a promo on the pay per view. No. He doesn't get a promo on any of these episodes of SmackDowns. He just comes out and stuns people and literally. Uh, spoiler alert doesn't do anything in this match special. Mm. There's no reason for him to be there. Mm. Just to get 13 million people to vote, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Just they could tout that on their social, uh, well, on their online, maybe. I don't know. But right. anyway, that's going to finally bring us finally to the match. And the gong hits, the lights go out, and Taker's making his entrance. And um, it's actually kind of neat because Michael Cole is he's starting to say something. I can't remember what it was, but he's talking maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as he does and Taker's music hits, Cole shuts up. And I just really want to applaud him there for when we talk about when to lay out. Not for shutting up, but just like honestly for laying out of this entrance right here. Because sometimes they talk over his entrance and they, you know, talk and try to tell the story, which we're supposed to do. But there's a time and a place to shut up. And this entrance was really cool to see him just cut off mid-sentence and drop what he's saying and just stop. It was just really neat. So I like that. And this entrance is really cool. Yeah, dude. Another cool pay-per-view entrance. Anytime they got the different set back there, it really just enhances Undertaker's entrance. All the smoke and flames and all the little special effects for his entrance here. Uh, as Michael Cole shuts up, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, you know, next man up. He scoots down and replaces JBL since he's been beaten up. And so King and Cole are going to do commentary for this matchup here. Uh, and then... Batista gets his hometown entrance, gets a pretty solid reaction from his hometown crowd, and it's pretty rare for us to see Taker out first here. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, awaiting somebody in the ring. Uh, but definitely the right decision since Batista is the champ and it's his hometown. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And another right decision, speaking of that, is this is main event slot. This is slotted in the main event of the show. We talked about how... Um, these two guys for a shoot felt slighted back at WrestleMania and at Backlash. They didn't go on last. Well, here they are. They're getting to go on last. You know, Taker went on last last month, but it was basically a nine-minute squash to Mark Henry. You know, it wasn't, wasn't anything spectacular. So this is them getting their just due in the right slot here. So, yeah, and like you said, it's rare for Taker to come out first, even in a championship match. But he does, and Batista comes out, makes a big entrance here in his hometown. And, I mean, he just... He's on it, man. You can tell he's feeling it because he's home. He's his little like entrance. I don't know what you call his entrance with all the, the you know the gun shooting machine and all gun. the yeah, yeah machine gun Kelly whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great, man. But he's just he's all in for it. And um, Cole starts talking about when Batista finally gets to the ring. He's posing on the top rope with the title. Cole's talking about you know Batista's never defeated Taker, um, and that's kind of the story of this match they're going into. So. Batista's going to get in the ring and hand the title to Austin, and Austin's going to hold it up like a like a referee should, and um, match is about to begin. Yeah, uh, one quick note, uh, just Undertaker's yeah. gear, uh, he's got the purple demon on his tights. I believe last month it was gold on there, so just, you know, we like to mention little things like mm-hmm. that uh, for those of you keeping score out there. But well, he yeah, hadn't had purple on much in a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's neat to see him bring that back. One of his signature colors. And yeah, like you said, Austin lifts that title up, calls for the bell, and Batista comes out running, man. He comes for a spear immediately to start the match. But Undertaker moves out of the way, and Batista uh, misses that. 
And so Taker goes at him right away, and they do a little lockup sequence here. Both guys go for a shoulder block out of the lockup, but neither man goes down. Uh, then Undertaker gets Batista into the corner, misses a shot. They lock up again, and Undertaker hits a nasty little boot to Undertaker's face and gets a one count on him here. And they're just kind of matching up, feeling each other out here in the first minute or two of this match. Yeah, and I like Taker going for that pinfall immediately. I mean, like I said, it's, been, it's only been like a minute, and he's already going for the, the pin because, again, we talk about that. You can dial this back 100 episodes. We talk about how he's always – he gives that sense of realism to the matches because he wants to win. Um, no matter how personal it is, he wants to win. But anyway, yeah, Taker throws Batista's shoulder first in the corner, starts working that shoulder over. And Austin's in there, though, like a referee counting, you know, one, two, three, four. And I do appreciate that. But um, Batista fires back at Taker here once he breaks the hold. And the crowd actually boos. I was kind of surprised that his hometown crowd, you know, gave him a little bit of a the booski here. But it's just, you're in there with Taker, though. Yeah, that's it, dude. Doesn't matter who you are and what town you're in. Undertaker's always going to have a lot of support from the crowd here. Undertaker comes out of the corner here. He's got an elbow into Batista, gets a two count, and then he's still toying with this triangle-type choke on the ground. So it's still evolving. Uh, pretty soon it's going to become that Hell's Gate submission that we're all so familiar with in the later years of Undertaker's career, but it's not quite there yet, but he is kind of working this in, uh, gets it in on Batista, but Batista gets to the ropes uh, and gets out of it. But Taker, the veteran that he is, he holds on to it for the four count from Austin. Austin's going to count to five for him to make the break, and Undertaker holds on to it for as long as he can, which is a nice veteran move. Mm-hmm, yeah, and nice touch is showing how much he wants it too. So, yeah, there's – He's going to elbow, uh, Taker's going to elbow Batista and kick him on the apron and then roll back in and cover him for two. And then Batista punches back, but Taker knocks him down and then wraps his arm around the bottom rope, kind of just really working that shoulder and using kind of some submission and kind of some dirty tactics, honestly, holding, you know, holding onto the rope like that and stuff. So Austin makes him break the hold and Taker starts working the shoulder again and just gives uh, Batista a big old punch right to the kidney. <laughs> so I'm like, probably the kidney bean, man. And it's just going to go back and forth. I mean, that's really yeah. the story of this match in particular is every time it, no one's really dominates this match. Right. One guy does something, the next, the other guy responds. It's, it's a fun, different dynamic here, but Undertaker, dude, his greatest weakness, he, mm. he can't learn his lesson, man. He goes for this running knee into Batista in the corner and misses it for about the 25th time in a row. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Flying out of the ring uh, allows Batista to take over here for a minute. He whips Taker into the steps, uh, rolls Taker into the ring, and then does one of Farouk's old moves where Undertaker's kind of on all fours and Batista stands over him and just like hops and jumps on his ribs. Uh, I always like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Farouk did do that a lot. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, and he's going to ram his back into the apron, like you said, and they're going to go back into the ring and. Uh, he's going to Irish whip Undertaker, but Taker's going to hit a run and dive and close on out of that cover for two. And at this point, I wrote in my notes that Austin's a great referee. Like he's not doing anything special, like uh, for Austin, but he's actually in there. He's counting the pinfalls. He's in position. He's doing all the like counts of one, two, three, four, break the hole. I just thought he was doing a good job as a referee. Again, um, you could have put him in there. Put literally anybody in there, and 
it wouldn't have been, it's not special, but he wouldn't do anything stone cold special though. You know what I'm saying? But as far as being a referee, I thought he did a good job. So it's kind of <clears> funny. <throat> he, he always talks on his podcast. He hates whenever he yeah. had to be a special guest. Whenever yeah. He talks about how hard it is and how He's underappreciated good. that job is. But yeah, he is good at it. Yeah. Well, Taker goes for old school, but Batista is going to punch him right in the stomach and then go up into the middle rope and try to superplex Taker, but Taker's going to punch him off. Like you said, it's just back and forth. And then I just really like how Taker's constantly going for pinfalls here. Again, it just really stands out to me. His well, work is great. After that two count, uh, the King says Batista has Krispy Kreme eyes, totally glazed over. Mm. Classic yes. line right there. Classic. <laughs> Undertaker starts rolling with the moves of doom, snake eyes. Uh, but as he's about to go for that big boot, Batista kind of fires back with a big clothesline on Undertaker. Uh, goes for the Batista bomb, but Undertaker shoves Batista into the corner. Uh, Batista goes after Undertaker in the opposite corner. It's moving real fast here, back and forth. Um, and Batista uh, goes for a cover, but Taker locks him in again. It's basically like the Hell's Gate that he locks him in here with. Gets that submission on him again. And Stone Cold raises Batista's arm, uh, but only goes down once. And Batista turns this submission, flips it over into a cover. So it's just like it, it's getting really fast, hot and heavy in there. Taker's going to go. They're going to get up, and Taker's going to go for a choke slam. Batista elbows out, but then. They reverse the Irish whip and his chokes him anyway, so I'm not sure what the point of that was, but they're just kind of back and forth. But Batista kicks out at two and a half here, and Taker kind of waits for him to stand up and goes for a tombstone, but Batista has got it um, eyed, and he slips out of it and nails a huge spear, and he gets, again, a 2.5 count here for Batista. So it's just back and forth, big move for big move right here at the end. Everybody's answering uh, the other person's you know, big moves. I like it. And the crowd is whipped up into a frenzy. Yeah. And all these finishers, all these two and a half counts, they're loving it here. Oh, yeah. Um, Batista goes for the Batista bomb again. Undertaker backflips him out of it. Undertaker keeps running at Batista into the corner, but uh, Batista dropped toe holds Taker into the turnbuckle, sort of a Raven style yeah, man. right there. Uh, and then Batista. He makes the common mistake that everyone makes against Undertaker. Mm -hmm. He goes for those 10 punches in the corner and knock it off your bingo card. Undertaker, of course, turns it into a massive last ride. But Undertaker's exhausted from it, so he takes a long time making the cover, and it only gets a two count here. Perfect storytelling right there. Taker being exhausted, not being able to just hit that big move and cover immediately. It was just excellent. Again, the dude knows what he's doing. So, yeah, like I said, Batista kicks out just before three. They get up. Taker hits the throat, does the, you know, the throat slash, you know, signaling for the tombstone. He tries it again. Batista's kind of got his number here. He slips out again. hits a spine buster for a really long two count. And then at this point, Taker's going to sit up and look at Batista as Batista's getting up. So he kicks uh, Batista, excuse me, he kicks him in the stomach and or Batista kicks him in the stomach and nails a huge Batista bomb in the center of the ring and covers Taker. And at this point, I thought this was the end of the match. <sighs> Me too. Uh, because I knew who wins, but I thought this was the end. And Taker kicks out at like 2.75, 2.9. I mean, it was right on the edge. And Batista can't believe it, and the crowd is in a frenzy. They cannot believe 
Taker just kicked out of that, man. It was awesome. Dude, I was too, man. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Knowing what happened 13 years later. Great false finish yeah. there. Both guys get back up. Uh, Batista nails a second Batista bomb, and that's going to do the trick for Batista to retain the world title at 17 minutes and 22 seconds and defeat The Undertaker for the first time ever completely clean in the middle of the ring yeah no interference no weapons nothing right there huge moment for batista gets that monkey off of his back uh just a huge sign of respect from undertaker again as mm-hmm. well to allow batista to get that win in that way right there puts him over big time there uh, and stone cold hands batista the title batista walks up to the top of the ramp and Undertaker kind of glares at Batista and struggles to get back to his feet as the show goes off the air here. Once again, Stone Cold really did meant nothing to that match. Mm-mm. He did Mm-mm. fine. Uh, he blended into it, but nothing really to get excited about for him there. But the match itself, dude, I got to say, these guys are four for four with yeah. outstanding matches. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily think they'd have the chemistry that they have with each other, but this one... Uh, I'd say right just a notch below the backlash and WrestleMania matches. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit longer to get going, but once it did, right on par with those. That's perfect. Yeah, like you said, it took a longer, a little bit longer to get going, but that ending, the ending, uh, just the way it plays out there with the big moves and back and forth, and like I said, they they had me on that Batista bomb. I was, and it's hard, when you watch wrestling as long as we have and as much content, you it's hard to get. Um, to get got like that as booker t was saying i got i got got so um like i said i knew what the ending i knew who won so i thought that was the ending but again it was neat having not seen this before to go back and watch it because i didn't know how exactly how it ended i knew who won i didn't know how it ended though so it's pretty cool man but yeah i put it right below i say for me are these four we've had say backlash then mania then this then the cage match so as far as um, you know, enjoyability for me. But yeah, good stuff. I recommend go back and watch it though. I would too. I'd call it a hidden gem for sure. I don't I don't ever hear anyone talking about this match, but Mm-mm. it was excellent. I give it four stars uh easily and don't watch the build up. This is nothing. No, don't watch the build up. <laughs> watch the Jamie Noble stuff. Oh yeah. Without yeah, question. Yeah. I mean any of their build up. Teddy no, Long's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, uh, but watch this match for sure. And we're not done yet. We're not done with Undertaker and Batista. We got them next week at Survivor Series as we keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling on through the Undertaker's last ride. And we're going to get a match that it looked like we were supposed to get earlier in the year. We're finally going to get it. Hell in a Cell, Undertaker and Batista. I am excited for that one to see what these guys can do in that sort of match. So join us next week. It'll be uh, my first time seeing that. I don't know. Have you have you seen Me, that one? Yeah, I never. I've never seen it in full. I've seen uh, just like highlights of it on like I don't know, just you know, highlight reels or whatever. But I've never seen the whole thing. So now it's gonna be fun. It will be fun. So join us there for that. Uh, before we get there, let's hit some of your comments here on this one. And we got some comments from last week that we didn't get to. We recorded last week's a little bit early. Uh, not a lot of feedback on this week's show. So, again, uh, I guess kind of slept on a little bit. 
Uh, but our buddies at the Downturn podcast, I, I think this match happened uh, during his wee break. Uh, <laughs> 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 he said he needed to go back and watch this one uh, for the first time so he could comment on it. Yeah, I recommend it, man. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, and Put we down did... the Wii controller and go watch them, the match. <laughs> we did say we'd share some of your uh, memories of the whole uh, the whole Chris Benoit just stuff. Crap, that went down. <laughs> um, at Zach L217 said, uh, Growing up as a kid, Chris Benoit was my favorite wrestler. Watching his run with the U.S. Championship was honestly so fun as a kid. But seeing everything on the news, watching that tribute on Monday Night Raw was the realest thing I have ever seen in pro wrestling. Uh, looking back on it now, it was a learning experience. The first death of anyone I knew or followed, and it taught me what a human being is capable of. So knowing mm. all that we do of CTE now, I'm honestly not as upset as I was. So that's one thing we didn't talk about as much. You know, all the things that came out about CTE and about how destroyed Chris Benoit's brain was, you know, I don't think that absolves him of everything, but, you know, it definitely, that's an unfortunate thing that, you know, certainly played a factor in all this, which, you know, just sucks, you know, and it's part of the reason why we stopped watching, because, like, didn't want to support this industry that, you know, destroyed people in that way. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing that and your memories of that, because it was very cathartic to talk about last week, honestly, I don't think... There's really not many people I can talk about that is in depth too. So thank you guys for listening to that, but and I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there too because we we did keep it. We got a little back to light hard after that, so it was fun. So uh, at Pokey's little dog, Randy Turco said uh, it just seemed so out of character. Uh, he would have been the last person in WWE you would have ever mm-hmm. pegged for that. Uh, I was so naive about it that when I heard reports about him and his family dying, my knee-jerk thought was it must be carbon monoxide poisoning. Nothing else mm. was possible. And I remember thinking that, too, when I first heard, oh, him and his family died. It had to be something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Uh, Queen KB at K Bunyan said, I was sure it had to be a home invasion. Uh, so, yeah, that could have been something like that as well. And at St. Ridley, St. Ridley Santos, uh, we've, uh, we've heard from them a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. So they took a hiatus from wrestling shortly after the Benoit tragedy as well. Uh, between that souring me on wrestling and starting college that fall, I didn't have the time or desire. And he would not watch wrestling again uh, except for checking up on the streak until 2015. Dang. Dang. But checking up on the streak, though. I like that. You got to check up on the streak. St. Ridley also <laughs> uh, messaged us and told us uh, they taught a class or taught about The Undertaker's, uh, his matches with Shawn Michaels in a like a college class and uh, was going to fill us in on some deets when we uh, got to those matches. Some, some lectures Excellent. and stuff. I can't so wait. I'm excited for that. And they also said uh, at St. Ridley that uh, – Undertaker burning that symbol to intimidate Mark Henry still only ranks second in uncomfortably racism adjacent or outright racist <laughs> moments in the history of the Undertaker because it comes in just behind the respect the flag match in Smoky Mountain against the Gangsters. Which, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I think we talked about that. Briefly. I think we mentioned that. Yeah. yeah that's a yakaroni and cheese right there. Yeah, it's a big old baked yakaroni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make yakaroni. Yeah. Oh, that's a. Ugh. Yeah, that was Smoky Mountain. That was like the. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I want to give a shout out. Of course, we've been talking about Stone Cold a lot on this episode. So I want to shout out the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast. Mike and JV, our brother podcast over there. Uh, they got a sweet new logo design for yeah. their podcast. Uh, go follow them up. They are in the ending of 1999. So kind of near the tail end of Stone Cold's career there. Uh, they'll come back, you know, with all the invasion crap and all that other stuff there. But they're about to cover the big absence of his uh, neck surgery and all that over there. Uh, if you want to hear about Stone Cold's career in the same way we do in the Undertaker's career, go follow them and listen to them. And, uh, yeah, last thing, or last two things to you mention. Do they here. like that commercial, the Smart Pack commercial from the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I bet they did. I wonder if they did, or I wonder if they hated it. I can't, uh, I you know. never know, yeah. You never know. I, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second <laughs> of it. It reminded me of the old, no way you are, the little SNL skits we used to do. Well, she was in those. Yeah, she was, was yeah. <laughs> anyway. John Cena had multiple Super Bowl Thank commercials. You. Yes, Ric Flair. Yes, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, and all... the Rock, the Rock, like opened the Super Bowl with like introductions from the guys. Like, that's WWE like yep. stuff. And you know what though? Like, and it, I'm, I'm all for AEW succeeding and stuff. But like, I don't know if they're ever gonna make it to that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like WWE's not going anywhere. Like, you can. We can have these wins and wars, and it's fun. It's great, but like, I just you think you're ever gonna make it to that status where they have a superstar come out of that, like a Darby Allen's gonna open up the, the Super Bowl and say, you know, who knows? I mean, MJF might could. I don't know. So, you know, we'll see. I ha- think I have learned after almost twenty years of watching wrestling to never say never because that's true. You you would have told me Ric Flair and John Cena and The Rock were all over the Super right. Bowl. Even two or three years ago, I probably would have been like, no yeah. way, man. Like, Cena? <laughs> I know. The, the Marine? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he's not going to be what? a giant movie star. But, oh, crap. I know. He actually is. No, I'm, I mean, I hope. It would be, I, I think that's that would be really cool if AEW can produce somebody like that you right. know, one day. You know, I don't I think don't anybody know. else is. Maybe. That's great, man. It was just it was really neat to see, um, just as a wrestling fan, those guys have such a presence. And gals, as Sasha Banks and Roman Reigns were had right. a – you know how to think a pizza yeah. party or whatever it was. So, so yeah, it's just really neat. Of course, it goes hand in hand with their WWE's, you know, in in bed with Fox or whatever. But that's fine. But still, like the the John Cena and the Ric Flair and the Rock had nothing to do with the WWE being, in, you know, uh, a partner with Fox. That was all independent. That was really cool to see them feature so prominently. So yeah, good time to be a wrestling fan. I think maybe Hangman Page can do it because uh, he caught my wife's eye as we were watching <laughs> AEW the other night. She came in the room. I think uh, he might be the breakout. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, a couple weeks ago. She likes the cowboy, yeah, sure. <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> a couple weeks ago on the show, I unboxed my Christmas present from you, Travis, or uh, the lump of coal you left me, the hide and ride yeah, <laughs> action figure for my Undertaker opponent's action figure collection and i uh, got a mysterious package on my doorstep this past weekend uh my birthday uh well it's coming up tomorrow as we record this but yeah <laughs> it will have passed a couple days ago 34 yeah. years old this is what i'm doing with my life uh <laughs> but uh i believe this present is from you. I uh, have not unboxed it yet uh, at mm. all. I knew what it was when I opened 
my Christmas present. Uh, but I thought, you know, I'll, I'll wait. Till... You knew it was Heidenreich? No, I, I well, <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, but by the time I opened it on oh, the show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I, I already You'd already revealed it. Okay. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought you meant you knew I got you John Heidenreich. How did you know? I don't know what's in this box yet. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this is fresh, man. This is a fresh unveiling here. Live you... unboxing. On Live the show. unboxing. Uh, it came He's from. It. Let's see. Yeah, from Ronald Rodriguez, apartment <laughs> three hundred eight. Oh, don't give us the address. <laughs> I didn't say which apartment complex. <laughs> Lidwood, Washington. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh man. I see some bubble wrap. All right, that's good news. Uh, it should be in bubble wrap. It is. It is a Ruthless Aggression Series 29. Mm, mm, mm. Not 29 now, who and do you a half. Think, what do you think it's going to be? Ruthless Aggression ruthless era. Ruthless Aggression Series 29. That's, that's late in the Ruthless Aggression. That's, so. that's kind of late in there. Uh, you said that Luther Reigns is pretty elusive. Yeah, so he is. Maybe, uh, maybe Mizark. Okay. Mark Henry. We'll see. Oh, it is. It's like <laughs> a, it's like a twin. <laughs> the last guy. I got. Yes. <laughs> almost the same thing. It's almost the same figure. Mister <laughs> Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh, in the same gear as I like. Red, <laughs> red tights. Bleach blonde hair. I never noticed how yeah. similar these two guys are. Taker has a type. Or Vince has a type. <laughs> Vince has a type. <laughs> Look at the girls on the roster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see who else was in this collection with Kennedy. We had, you did, I can't remember if you had a Kennedy or not. Uh, for sure, no. <laughs> right, I didn't think so. But uh, We got Matt Hardy on there. Uh, Melina. Batista. Hey, she's an NWA power now. She is. Uh, <laughs> Batista going in the Hall of Fame. Candice Michelle, future Hall of Famer probably. <laughs> Sean Michaels and Edge. That's a pretty solid lineup there. Yeah, and Kennedy. <laughs> and then the ECW series on there as well. We got Taz in a suit. Uh, why would anyone want that figure? Uh, <laughs> Layla Nunzio. Need that one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Corvon. Dude, that's uh, awesome. Brett Smith, I mean, uh, Snitsky on there. Uh, <laughs> Matt Stryker and Stevie Richards. Oh, oh that's man. my figure right that's there. That's your boy right there. All right. I'm going to let right, this here he comes. guy breathe. Let him breathe. That box is in a little bit worse shape than, the, than yeah. the, the one I got you the, for Christmas. But. Figure, it's a figure that counts. It's still minty fresh. Yeah. He comes with another microphone. <laughs> Can't have Same enough of those. Figure. But it's not it's not the Kennedy microphone. Like oh, what man. a missed opportunity, man. Yeah. It's not the big like nineteen fifties microphone no. that hangs down from the ceiling. Paint? It's an actual WWE microphone. At least like paint it gray or something. Like Hey, look, he has wings on his back. He does have his tattoos, you know. He's got. I don't recall them being that color, though. Mr. Kennedy on his butt. Um, his hair, I feel like, could be a little bit more blonde. A little brighter, yeah. Well, it's just, a little bit, a little bit dirty. Yeah. And this dirty. mic is terrible, but. <laughs> Figure's terrible. You're welcome. The rest of terrible. Thank you. Yeah. That's, 
I'm doing my duty, man. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah, his face is good. The body's good. It's got the tattoos. Hair, a little weird. And this microphone is just like crap. It's we. That's a weird microphone. Yeah, it's not good. Like, let me get, uh, let me get Heidenreich over here. Well, without question. Uh, Let's see that. So, look at Heidenreich's microphone. Oh, his mic is much better. <laughs> Heidenreich has a way bigger microphone than Mr. Kennedy. If you know what I mean. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah dude, same I, figure. I can't believe I'm gonna say the Heidenreich figure is better than the Kennedy figure, man. <laughs> oh, that that's is crazy. bizarre. Well, thank you, yeah. brother. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Happy birthday. Enjoy that. I will not. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad I didn't and, have to buy it. <laughs> you know, speaking of your birthday, I had no idea that 34 was such a huge year. Oh yeah. Such a big year for you, so. Well, we do have one last special announcement for all you creatures of the night out there. Uh, Some big news for you and I. Thanks to my very generous parents who sent us to New York for WrestleMania 20 to be there for that incredible experience. Mm -hmm. They did something for my birthday and uh, have included you along for the ride. So for us, for this podcast... On March 7th, I believe. Is, is that correct? Let me I think so. get this yeah. up here. March 7th, 2020. Travis, you and I, after 130 episodes of this podcast, are going to be going one on one with The Undertaker. That's right, <laughs> For a few seconds, it'll yes. be like we'll go as long as Jamie Noble did, basically. Exactly. Uh, We—that's right, folks. We are flying up to New York for the big event, Undertaker meet and greet. Yeah. We are gonna get the Undertaker's autograph. We're gonna get our picture taken with him. Uh, we're gonna invite him to the barbecue. You know, <laughs> it's just, this is step one in the journey. You know, he's—we had old J Bags, Jeremy Bagley, give him the T-shirt. And, have him sign yeah. a t-shirt so he you know he's familiar with us and then he's gonna meet us here at this meet and greet uh we're gonna you know show up let him tell him we do this podcast about him invite him to the cookout all that good stuff uh but in all seriousness man this is uh this is gonna be incredible and you know even if it's just for a few seconds like i can't believe it man I never would have thought we'd meet the undertaker no, never, ever, 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 ever thought this would ever happen in my wildest dreams. And uh, kudos to your mother for putting this together because <laughs> I got a random text out of the blue from your wife asking me if you'd ever met Taker. I said no. Your mom texted me about two hours later. Who did she I'm ask sorry. you if you'd ever met? Kate said, has Alex ever met Mark Calloway? <laughs> I said, uh, unless he's been hiding this from me for 25 years, no. But yeah, your wife used his shoot name. <laughs> <laughs> his actual name. She didn't say Undertaker. She said Mark Calloway. So, a lot of she separated two. If I was like, no, he has met the Undertaker though, because <laughs> he's always a character. But yeah. So anyway, long story short, your mom. I had no idea he was doing a signing up there, man. Like it's crazy, and your mom put it together, and yeah, it's gonna be a whirlwind of a weekend. We'll talk more about that as we get to it, and we'll have some special talking Taker on the ground, you know, boots on the ground. Uh, in person, we'll have some special content we're going to try to put up on our social media and stuff like that. So it's going to be exciting. We're going to try to record a podcast in person there. And um, yeah, we'll see what we can do, man. We're, we are Absolutely. super duper excited about it. And we are going to go 
meet the Undertaker. So I can't wait, man. We've got all sorts of ideas brewing already. And, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll film as much of it as we can. We'll record as much of it as we can. Uh, we are stoked for it. If any of you fellow creatures of the night are going yes. out there to this meet and greet as well, uh, I think I've already heard from one of you that you might be out there. We would love to meet with you. We'd love to Seriously. hook up with you, uh, have a drink with you, share some barbecue with you. We'd all <laughs> meet up, go out to eat, you know, whatever, man. We would seriously would love to talk with you and meet some of you out there. Uh, it's a little pricey, you know. Like I said, my parents are very generous to, to give us that gift. Very. So, uh, yeah. If you're looking at going out there and you already bought your tickets, just know that. But if, you, if you're Get paying, your tax return there, back first. Yeah, we'd love to see it. <laughs> um, if you want to support our trip and give us a little spending money, you can head over to tpublic.com and pick up one of our shirts out there uh, and support the show. And, uh, you know, go to stitcher.com slash premium, put in the code talking taker, and that'll help support the show as well. And you get a free month of podcast listening on there. And I'm going to throw this question out there. You and I, we get to have one item autographed by The Undertaker. I would love some ideas from our Creatures of the Night out there. What should we get autographed by the dead man? Uh, should we do a t-shirt? Should we do a, a figure, a magazine, a poster? If you've got Biggest any stuff. great ideas about what to do for uh, get, get, what to get autographed by him, please let us know. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, if you're out there and you also wear a Talking Taker t-shirt and get a picture with the dead man, the offer is still out there. We will send you a very special, unique, limited edition mm -hmm. gift from us. Jeremy Bagley, he took us up on that offer last year. He's the only one to do it so far. So uh, we, we will still honor that gift until the end of time. So if you're Yeah, just because we're meeting well, doesn't mean that no? you guys will get a chance to get that free sweat. So yeah. still open is still standing for sure yeah so yeah we were looking forward to that so again thanks to your, your parents for doing this putting this together and i'm literally just along for the ride so i mean i just nah. I, i'm so glad you have a birthday so nah. i can get to come to so yeah man it's awesome so it's gonna be a blasty blast and we can't wait to put some special content out there and see what we can do so but yeah like i said contact us if you're gonna go as well we would absolutely love to meet up with you guys and just, you know say hi and thanks in person for listening and just get to hear some stories you know it's really, really fun to do this that's why we do this is interacting with you guys it's a blast so um any other plugs we got that nah, it? man i think that's it that's a, that's a big news we can't wait uh and we can't wait to have you guys along for the journey and hopefully see some of the rest of you out there yeah absolutely well if you were there on october 28th at the verizon center in dc let us know what you thought of this match you know like i said number four in their um their 2007 rivalry oh dang it vince their feud 2007 <laughs> they did it curse you vincent k <laughs> you got me yeah um if you were there you know let us know what you thought about this match um and how it ended were you surprised like we were when batista went over clean in the middle of the ring so um pretty good stuff so but again it's not the end of the story so we'll get to more of that next week and then add another wrinkle then the week after that so anyway we'll see how that goes but let us know if you're there let us know what you thought and uh, other than that ladies and gentlemen take her easy Jamie Noble versus the World Heavyweight Champion, Batista. Why, Vicky Guerrero? Why do you continue? Why are you violating me? You're violating my body, my person. I'm coming in. You 
vessel, but taster, have you seen him? Huh? Whatever, taster, Bob. Jamie Noble splattered. You 